show his scars, say these wounds. Old men forget, yet all shall be forgotten. For he today who sheds his blood with me shall be my brother. Got a question for you. Who's got a better than us? No! Welcome to the Big House, CFP Nation. How are you? I'm Andy, and we're back again with another episode, so let's get right into it. So Michigan adds depth to the quarterback room. This is something that is going to be very helpful. Jack Tuttle was granted a waiver for one final season, his seventh and final season. Now, he adds depth and a veteran voice to that room. He began his career at Utah, spent four years at Indiana before being a death piece last year with Michigan. Now with Tuttle, he's going to serve as the backup to either Jane Davis or Alex Orgy. One of those two will be the starter and whoever loses will become the third string in my opinion. If Orgy loses that job, he will be used as the wildcat package and goal line packages. If Davis loses the job, that gives the true freshman time to learn and grow and he can shadow Tuttle. This on paper appears to be minor news, but this is one of the my favorite news here. What it does, it pretty much like the room is now solid. Everything is set. We needed that veteran guy, and he becomes that guy. And he takes all the pressure off Jaden Davis, so he doesn't have to be the guy if he's not ready day one. Now, with that defensive staff, one more key addition. Louisiana defensive coordinator Lamar Morgan becomes the defensive backs coach. Morgan has a history with former defensive coordinator Jesse Minter. Both work together at Vanderbilt. Now, Morgan is familiar with, with this concept of defense. And in 2023 at Louisiana, that defensive group had 28 interceptions and led the group um, that, that entire group led the nation in defensive touchdowns. It's a huge hire for Michigan. They're keeping the concept similar and expect more aggressive play with more blitz packages and a more diverse pre-snap look with the secondary to confuse opposing quarterbacks. Now let's get right into the expectations for 2024. The over-under is nine and a half wins. Let's take a look at the schedule. Week one is August 31st. They are home to Fresno State. That should be a win. Week two, we have September 7th. This is a big matchup here. Texas comes to the big house. This one on paper looks to be difficult, and I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan loses this one. After that, week three, September 14th, Arkansas State comes, comes to the big house. That should be an easy win. Week four, USC comes to the big house. This one's going to be a very big game, and I expect Michigan to pull this one out. Week five, September 28, Minnesota comes to the big house. That should be an easy win. Week six, that's the rematch of the national championship game, October 5th at Washington. Washington isn't the same team. They are, they are rebuilding. I expect Mission to come out west and to take that win. Uh, for that, they have a bye week. And then week eight is October 19th. They go to Champaign. They should beat Illinois very easily. 
week nine, October 26th, Mission State comes to the big house. That should be another easy win. And then week 10, that's going to be a tough matchup. November 2nd, Oregon comes to the big house. Oregon is locked and they are loaded. I expect this to be a very tough game. I would not be surprised if Michigan loses this one. Week 11, November 9, they go to Indiana. That should be a, an easy win. Week 12, they get a bye week. Week 13, November 23rd, Northwestern comes to the big house. I expect that to be a fairly easy win for Michigan. That comes down to week 14, November 30th, at the shoe, at Ohio State. That's going to be a very tough one. I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to say we're going to win it, but that's going to be a tough game. So potentially two to three losses maybe next season. Look, we knew this this season that we just had when, when we went 15-0, this was our peak. This was our pinnacle. This entire team next year, they're rebuilding, retooling. So I do expect Michigan to probably be around the 10, 11, 12 seed trying to get into the playoffs. If they beat Ohio State, they're definitely in. If they lose to Ohio State, it could be borderline if they if they make the top 12 to get into the playoffs. But that is the 2024 expectations and their schedule. Got tough games on week two with Texas, week four with USC, week 10 with Oregon, and then the final week of the season, week 14, Ohio State. That is going to be the game that we're going to have to try to, to come out and, and, and show everything that we have, but that's going to be a very tough one. Ohio State, they are very loaded and they are primed to go all the way. So that is the 2024 expectations. Now let's get right into the player profiles, get you guys ready to know who these guys are, to get you guys know these household names of the future. And speaking of the future, our freshman player profile of the day is tight end Brady Prescorn. He's 6'6", 225 pounds, four-star in the composites, rated as high as tight end number one and as low as tight end number 14. He averages out to be tight end number 10 in, in the composites. He's a very high-level player. He, to me, he's a bigger Colson Loveland. He does a lot of things that Loveland does. He lined up out wide in high school. He was a big wide receiver. They use his speed to get downfield and to win. He also has the footwork that they would motion him and try to get him in open space, very similar to what Colson Loveland was doing in high school. Now, I also can see him being used like Colson Loveland as a true freshman. As a true freshman, Colson Loveland was used as a tight end three, but they sprinkled him in. They used him in motion to get him in vertical and get him in space. I do see that with pre-scoring, he could very well be the next great tight end at the University of Michigan. Now, our next man up profile of the day is going to be cornerback Jair Hill. He is 6'2", 181 pounds. He appeared in four games last year. He preserved his red shirt. He had eight tackles. And I like his length. Being 6'2", yeah, he's at around 181 81 pounds. He could probably add another 10 pounds this coming off season, but I really like that length. I like that versatility. With that new defensive staff taking place, with 
that new defensive backs coach coming in. They're going to teach him to be aggressive, to kind of use his instincts. And he is someone that is very instinctive. He is a quick twitch player at the position. And I really like him to play opposite of Will Johnson. These two could be a very good one-two duo next year for the Wolverines. Our returning player profile today is linebacker Ernest Hausman. He's 6'2", 237 pounds. Now, as a true freshman in 2022, he had 54 tackles. This past season, he had 46 tackles. That linebacking room, it does clear out a little bit. And he has, he has every chance to take that next step to be that leader at that position group, to be that tackling machine, to be that guy that the defense asks everything for. He could be that junior Colson of next year. I have very high hopes for him. He's someone that I have high expectations for. Now, our throwback player of the day is quarterback Drew Henson. He's a, he was a highly coveted recruit. He battled Tom Brady for the starting job as in his freshman and his sophomore year. While he didn't win the job, he did play throughout the entire season, and he did platoon with Tom Brady. The entire time that you know Tom Brady was there, Andrew Henson was there, the crowd wanted Drew Henson. He was the guy that everyone wanted. He was someone that had the spark. He was the guy that was flashy. It wasn't Tom Brady. Tom Brady was just, he was even keel. Tom Brady was that Honda Civic at Michigan. You know, he was he was great. He was reliable, but he wasn't flashy. Drew Henson was that flashy, shiny new toy that everybody wanted. He didn't get his chance to start as a freshman or a sophomore. He did get to play as a junior. He missed the first three games due to injury, but when he did play, he showed flashes. Now, at the end of his junior year, after he beat Ohio State, there were talks. Was he going to come back for a senior year? Was he going to go to the NFL? Was he going to go into the baseball route? He was a, a true two-sport, dual-threat kind of a guy. What he ended up doing was he ended up taking the money and going for baseball. He ended up signing a six-year deal for $17 million with the New York Yankees. He would end up playing eight Major League Baseball games. His baseball career didn't really pan out. And then in 2003, after he retired from baseball, the Houston Texans drafted him as, as a six-round pick. And then the Cowboys would end up trading for him. And once again, the entire time that Drew Henson was with the Cowboys, he was the guy that everybody wanted. He always had that potential. He would end up bouncing around the league for a few years. He would go to NFL Europe. He would go to the Detroit Lions. But he never really panned out. And he is truly one of those what-ifs. Those what-if moments. If he would have just realized his potential at football and he wasn't truly a baseball guy. While he had the potential of being something at baseball, everyone knew his his football. That was his calling. But he chose not to do it. He left after his junior year. Michigan kind of had to you know, retool at that quarterback position. He ended up trying to go to football late later in his career, but it was too late. So he was one of those guys that you always wonder what if. And that is our throwback player of the day. 
Now, I thank you for tuning in to another episode of Welcome to the Big House. And I want to give a special thank you to Dwight Peebles for the intro, Nino Brown for producing me, the entire CFB family. And until next week, who's got it better than the CFB Nation? Got a question for you. We got it better than us. No way!